This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. When I was younger, I wanted to know, where did that come from? How did it get there? Only way to find out is through the wormhole. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Through the Ultra Wormhole. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me today is... Hey, Madison's here. I get to be the, the supporting. Look at that. You know, when I play MMOs, I'm always a supporter, like the support caster or like the healer. So it's 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 more fun for me to be back in this role. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And of course, we're back looking a deeper dive into non-local and non-native species and Pokemon. So... We're going to have some fun. We always have fun, but we're going to have some more fun today. <laughs> Can we eat this fun? Um, if we are in the world of SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, their jelly makes really good on jelly patties, on the Krabby Patties. I, I, I'm going to say this. I've actually eaten this. I know you can also eat it in the world. I just, I have a weird, I don't know. I'm not a big seafood fan already in general. Uh -huh. And I'm just, that just, okay. So jellyfish it, just hurts. I don't really want to deal with it. It's not really a taste. It's more of a texture. Oh, okay. There's not really a taste to it. The girls and I had it at a dim sum place uh, a couple years ago or last year. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Uh, but, you know, it's it's kind of like tofu where it tastes like what you cook it in. Ooh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And so. if you couldn't tell by what we were just talking about, today we are talking about jellyfish. <laughs> so The creepiest of fish. <laughs> the creepiest of fish. Well, they're not even fish. They don't belong to fish. They are invertebrates. They're not fish. So I say just to give everyone a quick refresher on what a jellyfish actually is, because normally we see them on the beach, washed up on the beach, and we know we avoid them because we don't like being stung. And it's not really seen though, right? It's like a it's like an injection of a toxin, correct? Yes. Yes. It's not the same as like like a like a bee sting. It's uh No, it's like they have stinging cells that inject a, a venom that would because it's not a poison. You're not eating it. It's a venom because it's being injected to help that capture prey or defend themselves against predators. Because it's not like, and I know like in SpongeBob, they shoot electricity, but that is not remotely yeah. what they can do. No, they're taking the whole stinging with electricity. They're taking the whole stinging sensation to a whole another level. I also know you're not supposed to pee on it. No, that just makes it worse. Friends lied to me. <laughs> I think every, there's a lot of TV shows looking back that have said about peeing on a jellyfish sting and they, uh, no, they're all wrong. Yeah, it makes it worse, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> yep, that's just not giving up. Not giving out the greatest info there. <laughs> but what they are is they are the marine invertebrates. They normally are free floating, though some of them do live anchored on the seabed. They literally normally live in marine waters, though they can also live in fresh water. Some species can as well. As we just kind of talked about, they are known for their tentacles. They have these stinging cells on them, which inject a venom that is used for capturing prey or for defending themselves against predators. Normally, they're carnivores or parasitic. Uh, however, they can also be omnivores. There are some species that eat on both phytoplankton and zooplankton. The most feed on zooplankton, crustaceans, small fish, fish eggs, larvae, and even other jellyfish. They can hunt as like filter feeders. They can also use their tentacles as drift lines and then stun or kill their prey. And then they are, as I just kind of mentioned, they are also both omnivores. They can eat 
a mixture of both types of uh, plankton. So what impact do they actually have around the world? How do they even get to travel all around the world? Because the oceans are big. They end mighty. It takes a long time to travel on their own, and they are not like sharks or whales that can travel from the whole way down from one pole and travel almost the whole way up from another pole. They got to get transported around one way or another. Finding Nemo taught me that there is an underwater highway. <laughs> yes, the underwater highway that they just go fly through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's in Pixar, it's got to be fact. Though, I, I do like Finding Nemo because there is something I was actually going to relate with Finding Nemo. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Oh, about man, the... we're going to Finding Nemo. But I do know in Finding Dory, two clownfish travel all the way from Australia to Monterey Bay. <laughs> yep. Like, like, like the, the distance greater than the entire U.S. Yep. I'm going to go from Australia and then I'm going to go travel pretty much the entire, well, actually the entire Pacific Ocean. California. <laughs> God, I love it. So Disney magic. Without the Disney magic, because we don't have, they don't, the real jellyfish of the world don't have that ability. A lot of the way they show rod is they actually hitch rides on ship. They go through like ballast water tanks or there's compartments on the hull or underneath that they can attach themselves to. And that's how they travel such large distances, such as like we'll mention, um, the moon jellyfish and like the light spotted jellyfish, they're both non-native to Hawaii. They traveled into Pearl Harbor is what they are found from uh, ships in from Australia in the 40 in 1943, 1945, that World War II era is how they actually arrived into Hawaii. Now, how are do these species cause conflict around the world? And this is a thing that we can bring back to Finding Nemo is if you remember in the movie, you've got uh, Dory and Marlin have to go through that whole swarm of jellyfish. Righteous! Righteous! <laughs> My favorite part is, is a crush. Crush them, and then, yep, because then they have that, and then they go, I had to think back to find Dory. Uh, no, Crush is the name of the turtle. Yeah, because he's the one that it. picks them up afterwards. Yeah, yeah. After Because they all got the, um, they got Jelly stung. dude! Jello. But those swarms cause massive issues all around uh, the world because what they cause to the local food webs is they can eat massive amounts of plankton. In marine ecosystems, the phytoplankton and zooplankton are the basis of the ecosystem for the most part. Without those, you will lose a lot of the ability for the other species to be able to eat. So these large swarms of jellyfish cause issues by eating large quantities of uh, plankton and with eating all those large quantities of plankton now you have all the local species that actually lived in that area that survived on that plankton now are losing resources and that causes a huge issue there they can also eat a lot of fish or shrimp species as well which are also our smaller species that your bigger predators would rely on to be able to survive as humans uh, non-local species have impacts to us as well not just Ecologically, there's also issues that they have for us. So fishing and shrimping are huge industries around the world, as we know from seeing the amount of fish and shrimp in uh, markets. So for that, with jellyfish, with them eating a lot of zooplankton and also eating some of the shrimp species, those both take massive hits there because they now lose access to all of those resources. And now you have your bigger fish species are also dying out, which is what most of us would fish for. And then also found interesting is they can actually cause nuclear power plants to go out of, uh, to, 
have to stop working. Well, they close power plants. I mean, power plants even in Sweden, right? Yep, even in freshwater areas. But like they, uh, they, they caused one in Scotland. They clogged up the cooling filters, and which stopped them from functioning because working with nuclear power, you need cool offs, and they blocked all the cool offs and just shut everything down until they could find a way to get rid of them. Also, with jellyfish, they can tear through nets. If you have a huge tourism industry, they can cause, they can sting your swimmers. They can also turn water acidic because of when they decompose. And the other big thing is they can, they, they breed extremely quickly and very efficiently, which causes a massive strain on resources because they can reproduce a lot faster than other species. And then they're there take out, take out more resources, causing issues that way as, as well. I think, uh, I think, and, and, you know, is part of it though there, and I know maybe Ray would be better poised to answer this question than me, but I thought part of it had to do with the way they reproduce too, because the, how the polyps can like just kind of lay there on the floor of the ocean, which is kind of part of the problem, uh, trying to find solutions is that if we try to just hunt them, they'll just lay the polyps anyways, which yep. then will create new breeding zones, which will create even more blooms, which will create even more of a snowball effect. And so it's trying to find a creative solution that doesn't lead to larger blooms. And, and honestly, like if I got to eat more jellyfish to take one for the team, I will, I will eat more, more jellyfish to take one for the team. Uh, watch out, lionfish. You're also on my list. <laughs> that is a whole topic for another day. Those are okay. hmm. We still need a lionfish Pokemon. Come on, Pokemon, get on it. I say, but with the jellyfish, they have that two-stage, you're right, the two-stage uh, reproduction yeah. cycle. They have the polyps and the medusa. We normally see the medusa, which is what actually floats around in the stage, yeah. and then the polyps can just lay there until it's time, and then they, we have a large bloom. So that's, that is one of the tricky challenges of trying to figure out what to actually do with how to combat this is figuring out how do we actually help eliminate parts of that stage to figure out so we don't have these large blooms well and it's a multifaceted problem too you know part of it is from my understanding is that with the climate climate change is obviously a huge driving factor uh because jellies being that they don't have brains uh require less oxygen so in hotter warmers where there's less oxygen like they actually do better in those environments than other species not saying they thrive there but like they they're like oh lack of oxygen no problem because, uh, you know, they don't really need as much because uh, there's not a whole lot going on in there. So no. it's kind of like they're just kind of poised to take over because uh, it's like it's like that simplified solution, kind of like crabs and sea cucumbers. Like they're just going to take over. Yep. And the other thing with jellyfish is I've kind of talked about what they can cause to the fishing industry, but they also are benefiting from the fishing industry because they have they don't have a lot of predators and the predators they do have like tuna and swordfish are prized fish for fishing. So with the elimination of them as predators, now you have jellyfish that can grow unchecked. And of course, turtles can also eat them, but turtles are also uh, endangered around the world. So they're not really helping in that factor either. So jellyfish there is, and also I just call it interesting because I didn't realize that in 2006, one of our own, uh, well, Americans, one of our uh, nuclear uh, powered aircraft carriers had to be shut down because of jellyfish. <laughs> the, the Reagan, the Ronald Reagan um, <laughs> blocked all the, uh, the filters on the ship. A better aircraft carrier. <laughs> so that blocked up. So they actually had to stop and figure out how to get rid of them so they could actually, you know, have the ship moving. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
It's also caused a blackout in the Philippines because mm. in 1999, because of jellyfish, blocking off all the power plants and having them get shut down so they couldn't cool on it have any cool-offs jellyfish have caused many conflicts around the world well and 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 not to mention and i'm gonna jump into mine and anna Roo's more favorite subjects not to mention the economic cause uh, i mean tourism like i know like there's issues uh i was just reading about mediterranean like in, in, in israel like tourism is suffering because of these jellyfishing blooms that are happening in the mediterranean you know, you can't go to beaches that you used to. Um, and I remember as a kid, like when we would go to uh, Hilton Head. Yeah, I know. I'm a princess. I get it. Uh, and when you go to Hilton Head. Uh, <laughs> I used to go there too all the time. Yeah. So I know. You'd see all the jellyfish that would be on the um, on the beaches during yeah. the cer- certain yeah. times of year. But it was certain times of year. And now it's more and more and more prevalent as these cycles are changing due to the changing climates and I, you know, it's also maintained that that the loss of predators is like just like really a huge issue. Like especially sea turtles. Sea turtles eat jellies, right? Yes. Save the turtles, jerks. <laughs> I'll say I just I think they just saw. I don't know. This is off topic, but they just had uh, they found a nest. I think for the first time, and it was like South Myrtle Beach. Yeah, they it did. Was one of those that had the they found um sea turtle eggs. Yeah, I've been there before too. Yeah, sea turtles. Make a comeback, uh, turtles. Come on. We need you to come eat the jellies. <laughs> I'll help. But yeah, the loss of predators is a huge issue there. So you all hurt Jared. You got to do your parts and you guys got to go eat jellyfish. <laughs> yes. Eat all the jellies. Find a restaurant that makes it right and then eat the jellies. <laughs> I, I know a place in Columbus if anyone needs suggestions. <laughs> so let's talk about jellyfish and Pokemon. And we're not going to talk about Frillish. We're not going to talk about Jellicent, though I do love them. They are tanky boys and girls, and they are fantastic. But we're going to talk about a Hawaii. Tentacle and tentacle, right? And tentacle and tentacle. I always... Because jellyfish is like a really broad category too, right? Yes. And it like encompasses like a wide diversity of species. Everything from like the small little moon jellies to like, you know, the Portuguese man of war and everything in between. And they yep. come in all shapes and sizes. Some of them are look like, you know, what we imagine the circular bag shape. And some of them look kind of like a pickle. Yep. Now, all sorts of shapes, sizes, and, and diversities. Uh, I think we were supposed to, we want to go see the va- the vampiric, is vampire jellies? Yeah. They're at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. That's what you and I were just talking about before we were recording, that I have to make a decision between whale watching and the Monterey Bay Aquarium. <laughs> I said, I can't help you on that. Uh, I can't make everyone happy. This is what happens when you have five people together on a vacation. So, but today I wanted to focus on, since we are talking non-native and non-local species, and talk about ultra wormholes, let's talk about everyone's favorite, Lusa means definitely her favorite, Nihilego. The lovely rock poison type. <laughs> top type. That was a, well, it was on top of Lucy, me taking care of, like, dragging her off into ultra worm, ultra space the entire time. Uh, it was, like, something out of, like, a 1970s B, B-list horror film. It, I really just had a whole, um, I was actually just laughing because I had an article I read last night. It was, like, the darkest uh, moments in, in uh, Nintendo games, and they literally, the 10th option on the list was Sun and Moon, Lucimine being taken off into space by uh, um, Nihilego, and then how she acts afterwards. I was like, Benefiting, I'm about to go talk about uh, um, Nihilego today. So, in Alola, as I've kind of hinted at, we are introduced to Nihilego when the Ultra Wormhole opens up in the game and in the anime and takes Lusamine into Ultra Space. As you can see, Nihilego resembles a jellyfish. 
So when we look at Hawaii in particular, which is, of course, Alola is based off of, Neolego is based on a mixture of both the moon jellyfish and then the white spotted jellyfish. The white spotted jellyfish is, well, one, it's nice because it kind of matches the spots on it on the Medusa head. Oh. Looks like the stars that's on ne- Halego. Is is that the one they just found in Texas? Yes. That like lives in Australia, but somehow it ended up in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's Great. coming over from ships, all Great. over. That's how it spreads around. Cause it's um it's on the eastern. No, it gets really confusing when you get over. There. Uh, it'd be on the western shore and like west northern shore of Australia and into that area, and has now traveled from. All the way from now where it was in the southern end and the eastern end to now Hawaii and now to Texas and all over. One white spotted matches the spots that Nihilego has. Nihilego has the stars on its uh, head. But why like the white spotted jellyfish in particular is since the Ultra Beasts are all based on non-local species, the white jaw spotted jellyfish makes a lot of sense because the, the impact it has on eco- the ecological system because they are filter feeders. So they are filter feeders and travel in warm swarms or the jellyfish blooms that we were talking about earlier. They can consume large quantities of plankton. And including people. Including <laughs> including people. <laughs> yes. Um, watch out for your parents. Well, in the real world, they'll get stung. Uh, they'll just get, you know, stung a little bit. But their venom, actually, so the reason why they're filter feeders is the venom that they have isn't really a concern to humans. Um, it's very mild and won't really cause issues. And that's why they're filter feeders because their venom is so mild, it doesn't actually kill prey. So they actually have to filter feed instead, which then causes an issue because now they're filter feeding on plankton. And because the filter feeder is looking at like whale sharks or species along that end, that can, they can consume large quantities of plankton. So you have these large swarms, like bring it back to Disney, what you see in Finding Nemo, Moving through and taking out all the plankton, that causes a lot of resource issues because now you're having this elimination of a lot of resources for other native species. And it's Hawaii. So Hawaii already, and we'll have to dedicate an episode. I think next episode, we'll just talk about Hawaii in general, talk about Alola, and talk about all the non-local species they have. They already have a lot of issues with non, a lot of conflicts with non-native species. So they already have a resource drain and having jellyfish take out other resources for these endemic species causes huge uh causes uh conflicts because they take food resources also if you have jellyfish blooms you're not going to want to swim in the water well you can't swim in the water because there's just a bunch of jellyfish there is that, that a challenge um no challenge accepted i'm gonna say it's not a challenge i don't want people just jumping in there because they also have hawaii is also home to the portuguese man of war and to uh box jellyfish so who knows if they're just in those swarms themselves so let's let's not do that challenge Um, not accepted (laughs) challenge not accepted please be safe when you see jellyfish so we see that with Mihalego being of course our first introduction actually to the ultra beast but it is based on good old fashioned jellyfish of alola and how they are now a conflict species in these uh areas so how can you help prevent jellyfish or help save the turtles con- save the turtles so more along the lines of you're not going to find a way to effectively go after jellyfish themselves more along the lines of what can you do to not impact their predation their predators and impact them further so save the sea turtles actually so like you see the uh, when you see like the nests and stuff on beaches don't disturb them don't do anything like that because 
a lot of conservation groups in those areas. Uh, my parents are actually a part of one out down in uh, North Myrtle are trying to help keep them alive and keep them protected so that we can actually help funnel their recovery. The fishing industry, so more like you should be doing it anyways because of mercury levels in the, these fishes anyways, but limit your tuna, limit your like swordfish because those are main predators also as well of jellyfish. So just try not to eat them so that the fishing industry, because don't support something that's causing issues along these lines getting rid of their predators, but more just for your own safety. Also, if you see like jellyfish on beaches, more for your own protection, just avoid them. Don't go near them. And then just for safety, just if you see, they actually have, I think there's calendars. I know Florida has them. I think Hawaii has them as well on the islands. It's like times a year that you should avoid going out in the water because of what jellyfish could be out there, what blooms could be out there, especially so more just be safe. But more preventive measures, it's not like there's a Billy Vick way for you to be like actively, I'm going to go out and hunt jellyfish. Don't do that. Don't hurt. Get yourself hurt. More preventative measures to just cause uh, to help limit the impact that they could potentially have and help get their predators back up. Anything else we want to add, Madison? I think the only thing I'm going to add is it is your responsibility. You have to do your duty to be a patriot and eat the jellies. <laughs> eat all the jellies. You have Find to eat the jellies. Restaurant. Find the jellyfish on the menu and order it. You need to. It's your responsibility. <laughs> Eat all the jellies now. Eat them all. All right. Only you well, can prevent jellyfish <laughs> from what I could crush the sea turtle. We'll, we'll have him as the mascot for that uh, uh, for that particular crushed. logo. Gosh. My boy. Well, and thank you all for listening and enjoying uh, taking your time out of your day to listen to us talk about jellyfish. <gasps> Don't touch them in public, please. Don't touch them and don't pee on the injury. It's going to make it worse. Do not follow what friends and most TV shows have ever shown you. Please. It's going to hurt even more. Yeah, don't do that. Just don't pee on it. It's a really bad idea. All right. Thanks. Thank you.